Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like the 2024 Cardinal rotation, is going to need some help. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Smorka. Hey, Nate H. Wow. And today on this episode, we're going to talk about Adam Wainwright. We're going to talk about John Mazalek's recent statements. We're going to talk about some of the recent roster moves, and we're going to check in on the upcoming series against the Mets and the series against Pittsburgh. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Hambone, it's late. We're doing tab after dark. How are you feeling right now? Hey, I'm feeling better than um, Wander Franco right now. <laughs> oh, topical. I, I thought, and not, and not funny. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's not funny, is it? Um, no. But I am. I, I'm feeling good. Uh, just came. I just had yeah. a nice meal. I feel full feel okay. ready. I uh, got a couple of glasses of red vino uh, coursing wow. through my little stomach. I feel great. How about you? Are you a wine? Are you a wine guy? Uh, when I'm eating a steak, I am. <laughs> hey, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Who's this guy? I, uh, <laughs> steak guy. I hate him. Uh, I, uh, I, I like to dip my steak the, in the wine. The first time. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I guess. <laughs> you had oysters for the first time? No, not for the first time. For the first time in oh. a long time oh, I, okay. when I was down in Florida. Actually, the first time I ever had them was in Boston with you. So it wasn't even that long ago. Oh, wow. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just have never sought them out. And frankly, my, that opinion maintains. It's fine. They're fine. Are you a, <sighs> are you an oyster guy? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a freak for, for oysters. Yeah, That's what I, I like them. That's why I brought it out. I like them. I, they're salty they're briny they're delicious i like to put a little bit of sauce on them sometimes if i'm feeling mm-hmm. wild uh Dip them in wine. It's like it's like you're doing a shot of the sea mm. but it's it's food it's great <laughs> well when you put it that way why doesn't everyone like them it's like uh, a shot I'll... from the sea but it's food uh yeah, yeah it's fine <laughs> i the ones that we had in boston were a lot better than the ones that we had in florida um yeah they did tell me sense. They were from a place called Murder Bay. Yeah. And it was called that because the previous owners, like when it was originally established, were two brothers. And one of them murdered the other one. And <laughs> yeah. that's why it's come by our oysters. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of um, how I suspect this podcast is going to end also. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, except uh, we'll both be okay with it, and it'll be a, a double murder um, rather yeah. than just one murder a, and the other. A double, double murder. We murder each other at exactly the same time. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the only thing I don't like about oysters are how they always tell you where we got them from. We got, oh, you these just came in off such and such boat from such and yeah. such murder bay. I don't know. I don't care. I'm never going to go to this bay. Well, I 
I generally would agree with you, although Murder Bay was an interesting anecdote. And there was uh, there was a guy who recently uh, died here in St. Louis from eating a bad oyster. So I think there must be like, yeah, it's it's a truly horrible story. Just like a a random like shack restaurant here in St. Louis. Uh, You know, they had some bad oysters and the person died from it. Uh, So I, I suspect there must be some like. I, I've I've had them twice. I have no idea, but there must be some, <laughs> you, you know, like, I know nothing about what I'm going to say. Let me talk for five minutes. Yeah, I don't know. Like people want to know. It's like getting a bottle of wine, right? You want to know oh, where it fresh came from, even though. if. Yeah, you've said that twice now. <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> uh, the, I think people want to know where they where it's supposed to be like a delicacy, right? You want to know. Sure, like, sure. Where did they come from? Well, all I'm saying is if there are any uh, uh, wait staff out there listening to this, I don't care. Bring me it. Just put them in my belly. I'll eat the shells. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Mash them up. Put it in a stew. Yeah, nice. Uh, little little Gollum reference there. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Wow. L-O-T-R, right. baby. <laughs> Uh, so you had a good steak. That's cool. Good for you. You're a cool guy. <laughs> had a bottle of wine. You're feeling good. We've talked about oysters. <laughs> I guess we can uh get into the podcast. Although one one last note, I'm going to the game this Sunday, and I wow. made a promise to the podcast at the beginning of the season uh that I would try Shaq's chicken shack or whatever. The big is this your the first game chicken. that you're going to? It is Ben. This I know it's you would you would think that I would be sacrilege. A new co-host. Yeah, this is I know it's been a weird summer, but to be fair, we went to I went we I have been to Cardinal games this year, just not in St. Louis. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, it's been a weird year for the old schedule, but uh, doing <laughs> it go going on uh, going on Sunday, going to see the Mets, a tale of two failed seasons. And yeah. I'm going to eat a chicken sandwich and okay. I will, I will report back next week. So All right. that's my promise. That's my promise to the podcast. I can't wait uh, for next week to the person like three months ago who tweeted me a picture of the, of the chicken sandwich or the, or the, or the, the shack or whatever. I'm doing it for you. Wow. Yep. It's a commitment that I have to this podcast. (laughs) I don't think there's ever been anything more exciting that's ever happened. I I can't wait. Truly, this is peak entertainment. It's where these (laughs) those Patreon bucks are going. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I should. I normally go to a lot of games, um, but I don't know. There was just something about this year. I can't quite put my finger on it. That just never made it feel like quite the priority to get out to the ballpark. Yeah. So uh, that is interesting. You don't go to any baseball games and the Cardinals have one of their worst seasons of the past 30 years or so. So that's yeah. Wow. Mm. All right. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe the Cardinals should pay me to go to their games. There you go. Bill Twit. Bill DeWitt. Bill Bill DeWitt. Bill DeWitt. Dear. Um, (laughs) Right for the pick and go for it, Billy. Yeah, please. Someone just one month. All right. Well, let's let's actually talk about the Cardinals. Um, you wanted to start with a little little fun fact here. Yeah. Uh, the uh, well, I'll I'll let you I'll let you throw it out. 
yeah, and I, I can't take credit for this. This was uh, brought to my attention from Ben Clemens, a, a fellow St. Louisan and a writer for Fangraphs. Um, but this is the longest streak in American uh, and the big four sports uh, is the uh, the Pirates have not been above uh, the uh, Cardinals in the standings at the end of the season since 1999. And again, that is the longest streak of its kind in the big four sports. The Cardinals and the Pirates, as of today, are tied at 54 mm. and 66. <laughs> and why I bring this up is, first off, that's fascinating. That that illustrates how good the Cardinals have been and how bad the Pirates have been over that I, time I'm period. really surprised, honestly, that I, there hasn't been like, a lower, like just another matchup like that that is lined up where someone is just not ended above them. But I guess it, that's 24 seasons or is if the 1999, probably the 99 season counts. So yeah, 24 seasons yeah. of, so that is, I mean, it's a, a quarter of a century of being beaten by another team. Right. In the standings, and I mean, there, but, there are good pirates teams in there. The Cardinals were just also good at that time. Yeah. Um, the 2015 so, season when the Cardinals won 100 games, the Pirates won 99 games, and the right, Cubs won 98. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, the Cardinals and Pirates are tied for last in the NL Central right now. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, it's anyone's game. I could see this going either way. Um, obviously, yeah. I believe one team is more talented, but that doesn't, you know, that's not turning into wins right now. But uh well, at Pretty, this point, you could argue the Pirates have a better pitch, starting pitching uh, staff, especially with the the recent injuries. So I, I think you could argue that pretty easily. But on the other side of the ball, it's not close. That that yeah, in my opinion, yeah. at least. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of been the story of the season. So yeah, like well, I think we'll talk about this a little bit, and uh, maybe I'll bring this up in the Wayno segment. But like I don't know, are wins even valuable anymore? Like, is it okay to break this streak? The other thing, and, and again, I want to give credit where credit is due. Ben Clemens kind of brought up this point, but it does seem like, uh, and I agree with his point. It does seem like if not this year, then this streak has a, a very high likelihood of continuing on for quite a for while. Quite a while. Cause I would yeah. say if you were to look at the tea leaves for these two franchises, the pirates and the Cardinals, you would expect very different results in 2024 and five and maybe even six. I mean, I guess it depends on how some of these rookies or these uh, prospects for the pirates come up. Um, you know, if you believe in Henry Davis and, uh, 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 De La Cruz and, and some of the, or sorry, O'Neill Cruz, O'Neill Cruz, um, uh, Rodriguez, Paul yeah. Skeens, their number one overall yeah. pick. Like they, they have a path towards competition, but, um, I think like the Cardinals offense, which is locked in for the foreseeable future, uh, and, and, likely stands to improve with uh some of their recent draft picks and and some of their guys in the minors yeah it doesn't feel like the cardinals or the pirates are going to be competing on offense anytime soon no um and we'll talk about it in the mazalek session but depending on how this offseason goes yeah it could <laughs> it could reset this rivalry for another 20 years yeah um, and it's funny though you bring it up because when i went on uh c seventy show uh, I, I like the, the the last segment of that episode. We I basically committed to the only thing I care about for the rest of this year is the Cardinals beating the Pirates and ending right. ending higher than the Pirates. And I generally I didn't know about this streak until now, and I would love for this streak to continue. I think that's fascinating and awesome. But also, I have I have this like I think a lot of Cardinal fans right now. I have this like really strange 
push and pull between just wanting the Cardinals to win, being an optimistic fan and enjoying good baseball. And also just the idea of that, like super high draft pick first overall, second overall, something like that is just incredibly appealing. Um, we've talked about it a lot on this, on this show, just like the, the draft classes just seem to be getting better. Yeah. And those top picks just seem to be hitting way more often. I, I don't know. There may be, this may be purely anecdotal and it's not backed up, but at least the last few first cool. overall, second overalls have been really, really good picks. Yeah. And I, I think it's a matter of fact that high level NCAA baseball is much better now than it was yeah. even five or six years ago. So like Paul Skeens is who was the number one overall draft pick for the pirates just to make sure we're all on the same page. But like, he is somebody who could probably slot into a big league. Bull, uh, He'd be or, the uh, best starter rotation. on the Cardinals right now. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> next year. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, he'll ascend really, really quickly. Like he's just going to get like used to wooden bats and. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, know. he's throwing a hundred right now. He had his right. pro debut uh, just the other day and it, it was, it was good. And yeah. then the second overall Dylan Cruz, who most people thought were, were going to go first overall. He looks like he's going to be a masher in the majors. And of yeah. course, you never know. For every uh, Julio, there's a Kellenic or a Torkelson, or you know, you, you run down the list of people who have not quite clicked yet, but still, you take yeah. the shot with these sorts well, of guys. Yeah. So. yeah. And like to put it in a like uh, Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens, if you look at Fangraph's top 100 prospects right now, they have played a second of big league ball and they slot in at five and six on the big yeah. board. So yeah. of course all the caveats, but the fact that you go and by the way, Jackson holiday, the first overall pick of the year prior to that is the number one, what, number uh, one prospect, prospect in baseball. Yep. Uh, uh, so speaking yeah. of him, have, have you seen there, you know, there's another holiday. Uh, Ethan holiday is really? going to be in the draft next year. And uh, is, the right now being considered the best high school uh, player. And so Man, we'll likely, what are they doing in Oklahoma at the holiday house? Wow. Oh, he's, yeah. he's big. He's, he's yeah. got, okay. Uh, Cardinals and I tank, don't think, tank, tank. I don't think tank. he looks like a, I don't think he looks like a weird baby doll. Like Jackson holiday looks like <laughs> <laughs> he's such a, what? Uh, he's gonna, he's, you know, he's, he's only like 19 or whatever. He's going to mature. He's going to, you know, he's, probably, uh, he's going to beat your ass. Yeah. He's going to be great. He's, he's incredible, but he, I don't know. You know, I, who really am I, to, who am I to judge, but he is, he's a, he, he looks incredibly young for how yeah. like, you know, and he is incredibly young. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, a lot of these guys, you're like, that guy's 19. He looks 35, you know, right. and but Jackson Holiday looks like a child. Yeah. With, with like a Matt Holiday body. So apparently like a baby doll to you. Yeah. He looks like a haunted doll. <laughs> All right. Not, I'm not sure I, how I. So well, I guess I, I think we, we should we, just we, move we, away from it. Yeah, we should move on. We win on both sides. The Cardinals either don't, you know, either beat the Pirates and and maintain this streak, which is fun, or you know, we get we have a better shot at a higher draft pick. Right. At some point, we should probably break down how the lottery works and all that. But we got we got plenty of time for that. Hey, there's so, some there's some meaningful baseball afoot, my friend. We can talk about that in the off season. That's right. We need content in the off season, and it can't just be Otani watch. Um, well, that's gonna so, be a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Let's break it down, it. Nate. 
let's go into a fun conversation. Uh, Adam Wainwright is currently at negative 2.3 B war baseball reference war. Yeah. In his last four starts, he's only pitched 15 innings for a 12.6 ERA, giving up a 1.149 combined OBS. So it's kind of as bad as it's been for Wainwright right now. Uh, You know, it's, it's really, I don't know if there's been a worse four game stretch this season for Adam Wainwright. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion right now on what should the Cardinals be doing? Wainwright's basically giving the same press conference after every single game. And, And what, what can he do? You know, he, we all know Adam Wainwright. We all love Adam Wainwright. He's going to say the same thing every time because it is truly how how he feels. You know, he's upset. He doesn't want to go out like this. He wants another shot. Um, and so what do the Cardinals do? We've got a month and a half left of the season. What like this is this is ultimately a shitty situation, right? We're all kind of hoping for like just that little micro bounce back that we can end on a high note and he can go and we can have a fun end of the season or something like that. But what what are you feeling right now, Ben? I I mean, unfortunately, he's cooked. Um, he has the lowest average fastball velocity of his career, sitting at eighty six point four. Um, he is, I'm just going to go through these really quick. He is the worst in baseball at expected ERA. He is the worst at expected batting average, the worst expected slugging. He is the worst K percentage is the worst fastball velocity, the worst whiff percentage. Uh, and he is also very low in barrel percentage and chase rate. Um, the one thing that he still has going for him is that that curveball is still spinning. So I think it really it, it's how does Wayno want to end his time? Um, does he want to? Uh, I, I don't think embarrass himself is the right word, but does he want to go out and take a beating um, for the next two months or month and a half and try to go for those two wins? Or does he want to end as a productive big leaguer and slot into the bullpen and pump curveballs and, you know, just try to help the team and be part of the guys and then kind of fade off and it not be a big deal. Um, And and I will say, I don't think it really matters um, because he's not giving you bulk innings either way um, because he's not being productive enough to give you bulk innings. Um, The Cardinals need innings, period. So I don't think they should drop them. Um, There is like, of value, even if he is coming in and getting an inning and a half, the Cardinals need that inning of a ha- and a half because of the names that are not that, that, that j- there's just no pitching. Um, yeah. So I really think it's up to him. And, and I, I think if I was him, um, I'd probably keep starting and keep going for it. And I would probably throw that curveball 60% of the time and try to steal a couple. And hope that the offense just explodes. And maybe if I give up five in five, that's a good enough start to get a win if the offense can go beat up on some Mets pitching or something like that. So, yeah, like the the value of a win is non-existent at this point for the Cardinals. It, it actually might be a negative. It might be towards opposite. The, yeah. Right. So I think that, you know, if you're Mo, you're kind of in a good spot where I would just say, hey, Adam, however you want to handle this. It's fine with us. 
if you think you want to run yourself back out there three or four more times, okay, we just need to make sure we have somebody ready to back you up. If not, you make sense in the bullpen too. And you can back up one of our other bad starters, you know, it's, yeah. it's, but, uh, I don't, I, I'd be, it, he's such a competitor. Um, it's hard to understand exactly how he's looking at it and what he's thinking and what he wants to do and spend his yeah. time and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I suspect that he's going to start as long as he maintains, you know, his own perception of health. Um, he's going to start every fifth or so day until the end of the season. And it's going to line up. They're going to have him start the last home game at Bush. I don't know this for sure, but I bet there's a first pitch with Yachty or something like that. Maybe who holes. I don't know. Um, and it is what it is. Like, I, I don't think there's a difference for his legacy of him retiring now or getting moved to the bullpen now versus getting lit up for the next month and a half. Like it's already happened. You know, yeah. everyone, even if he has like a fine month and a half, this season's going to be remembered as like the Wainwright collapse, but we'll also yeah. forget about it almost immediately. You know, I think about like Jason Isringhausen, who was, you know, is a Cardinal hall of famer. He was booed off the mound his last like six appearances as a Cardinal. Right. And now he's a beloved member of of Cardinal history and, you know, and gets all yeah. the accolades. And And he was like a good closer for an extended amount of time. Wainwright is is like inner circle Cardinal Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Borderline real life Hall of Fame. This season is not helping that, though. I don't think it was going to happen in the first place, but like. He's going to be on the ballot and he might yeah. catch a, a vote or two, you know, from like he, car, Cardinal writers and stuff. But he's got Veterans Committee written all over him. I don't think I would vote for him. Um, but like Harold Baines path to he, the he, Hall of Fame, like it would not blow my mind if something like yeah. that happened. I, I thought also, that path was a lot more likely when I thought he was going to pitch till he was 44 and yeah. like just accrue more counting stats. But now yeah. that it's like he's done and it's just tanking everything. Like I I'd be surprised of course, personally, obviously we're a Cardinal podcast. I don't love it. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I think he's the hall of very good, you know, he, yeah. his, his peak, unfortunately lined up with uh, some other peaks, including Chris Carpenter, which might've cost him or cost Chris Carpenter, a Cy Young, like some of those accolades that generally a pitcher needs in order to get into the hall of fame. He just doesn't yeah. have, but I don't know. And, I have seen people say 200 wins is the new 300. Like if you can get to 200, you know, like that, that is a milestone that could be hall of fame worthy. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, you know, and, and it, this is why guys don't make it to the hall of fame. So it's not that surprising, but he's got a couple of lost seasons because of injury. And yeah. I, I think that's really more the kicker than anything. What blows my mind um, and, and I think that you and I agree that he was smoking mirrors a little bit, but it was working consistently. Um, but really quick, the last two years, 2021 and 2022, um, and obviously he kind of saved the team in 2020 uh, in that weird ass year. Um, yeah. But over those two years, 21 and 2022, he was two innings short of throwing 400 innings. Um, he had a three, three, seven ERA and a three, six, six FIP. Like he yeah. was good. He was good. 
Well, well there's a reason why I thought he was going to pitch. Yeah, there's a reason why I thought he was going to pitch into his 40s. I thought he was going to be one of those guys who just like, you know, a, a, like a Rich Hill type. You know, Rich Hill is still out there being effective. And so I thought he was basically going to follow that. But uh, there's a considerable difference between an 89-mile-per-hour fastball that can touch 90 and 91 and an 86-mile-per-hour fastball that yeah. maybe touches 87 and 88. So, like, you wouldn't to think that point, so, but it feels that way. Yeah, his average ex- his average fastball velocity in 21 was 89.3 and in 22, yeah. 88.1. And then, like I said, or like you just said, 86 miles an hour this year, yeah. which to me more just points that he's he's probably hurt. Um, right. We know that he's like injected with all kinds of drugs. Um, and I think if this was not the year that it has been, if the Cardinals had starting pitching, Wayno probably would have gone on the shelf for longer, gotten actually healthy rather than this, which just sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It there's it it's like it it really is. I've said this before, but this is like inverse twenty twenty two. You know, w- like in twenty twenty two, not only did we have a great year, we also had the the killer Albert Pujols story. I mean, Yachty, it was, it was a bit of an up and down year, but he got to leave on the high note. And like, it was a perfect blend of good baseball and also stellar narrative. And this year we're getting bad baseball and our one, like <laughs> our one narrative that, you know, everyone, our feel good narrative of 2023 has been horrible. It is yeah. like tanking so much of what we wanted for Adam Wainwright. Um, but it is what it is. Baseball's hard. He's one of the oldest pitchers in baseball. Like most guys don't make it into their late thirties, let alone into their forties. And, uh, you know, it sucks. But like I said, I, I, this will be the most easily forgotten thing in, right. in like carnal history. Like, you know, we may say, yeah, bummer 23, whatever. But like, he is one of the best Cardinals of all time. And this sucks, but you know, it, it'll it'll be fine. I, yeah. I think they're unless he gets truly hurt again, we're going to see him every five days. I kind of hope exactly what you said. He gives up five runs, but makes it into the fifth. Um, I've seen some people calling for him to be put in the bullpen and the Cardinals should like, you know, sort of like game it a little bit like Zach Thompson goes in and throws three scoreless. The Cardinals score five throw Wayno out there for two. So he gets the win from the scorekeeper, you know, yeah. like uh, you know, something like I, that. And, and while I, I like, you know, obviously that sounds like, you know, like it, it could work if truly all you're trying to do is optimize Adam Wainwright, getting two more wins. You could see a world where that would work. Uh, but I don't think he wants that. I don't think the fans really want that. Like it's it, also, you know, is it going to work? Like, what to you has proved that he could come out and be effective for one inning? What if he comes into that situation and just gets blown up? Yeah, and like the, proves another loss. Like the the Gallegos start uh, uh, session, the Gallegos inning from a couple nights ago. The the scorekeeper didn't give him the win because they ruled his outing short and ineffective or something yeah. like that. Even though, like you know, the way he lined up as far as the progression of the game, you'd expect him to get the win. But the the game scorer didn't give it to him for that, yeah. you know, and it was his birthday. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. that's a little salt in the wound. But what are you yeah. gonna do? 
But um, yeah, I mean, you know, but I, I could see like a game game theory or like, you know, if they just hold him just for that situation and that situation maybe comes up four or five times through the end of the, to, to, yeah. to the, end of the season, you know, I but I, again, I, I, I don't think, think there's any way he would agree to that also. No, I don't think so either. Like and so it's the spirit of the whole thing. Yeah. It's uh, you know, with the, the famous like Ted Williams thing, right. Where like it was Ted Williams, right. Where he had a, the, the batting four hundred to say. So he was batting 400 and it was the last game of the season. And the coach said like, Hey, do you want to just sit? Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he said no because if I do that, then I didn't really hit 400. Right. And then he went out and got like three or four hits or whatever, right. and ended with like a four or three or something. If so yeah, if you're pitching a perfect game, you can't walk Albert Pujols. I think that's a Thirty Rock quote um, <laughs> where nice. he is weirdly referenced. But yeah, no, I get that. I like that. There was a brief moment where Pujols was referenced. Family Guy made that actual Pujols joke that like every fan of. Albert Pujols oh, just like sidestepped like for their yeah. the, the entire existence of Albert Pujols. But of course they made that joke. Yeah, that's yeah. Smart, smart comedy. It is smart. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It is what it is at this point. Um, he's supposed to start on Thursday tomorrow against the Mets. Um, yeah. Hey, you know I mean, what? I, Honestly, that's a good matchup because the Mets suck shit right now. Well, and, you know, uh, I would have said that about the Royals. And he had, what did he give up? Eight earned runs over one one inning against yeah. the Royals. Yeah, those Royals, Royals they, they're playing better right now. They're, they're playing better right now. Bobby yeah. Witt Jr., he scares me more than most of the Mets lineup. I don't know. Lindor and Alonzo are still. Yeah, they have, they have some thumpers, yeah. You know, who want, you know who wants an 86-mile-per-hour fastball or a hanging curveball? Pete Alonso. Yeah, he does. He's a big the best power hitter yeah. in the world. He's a big, strong guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But uh, they suck. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but all right. It'd be fun. Yeah, let's move on. We got a little bit of insight into what the Cardinal offseason might look like. John Mazalek did a, a radio interview. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in his typical uh, sort of cagey, evasive self, he didn't say a lot, but we did actually get something that I thought was really interesting that has sparked a ton of conversation across all of baseball, all of Cardinal fandom. Sure. That he gave us a number. We never get numbers from him. He said the Cardinals will need to acquire three starting pitchers. Yeah. Which I think is a funny number because it's actually, you know, it's, I'm glad to hear that it's three. Because with, yeah. with Mazalek's track record, It could have been one for sure. It could sure. have been one, yeah. So I'm glad to hear they're looking for three. I think they need even more than that, but if depending on depending on the three, it, it, you know, it could be fundamentally different. Is it yeah. three actual MLB-level quality starters? Exactly. Okay. That's where probably, it gets... Yeah, or is it like two and then a guy who, you know, might might come up later in the I, I don't know. But anyway, we got that number three. The Cardinals want to acquire three starting pitchers. They're going to be active in the starting pitching market. So it's nice to hear him say we need starting pitching because. You know, we don't have Flaherty and Montgomery going into 2024, but outside of that, it's about the the same as it was going into 2023. And he was all like, we have six starters going into yeah. 2023. So 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so obviously Montgomery's gone. Flaherty's gone. Wayno will be gone. Um, Michaelis is at the top of the list. And Matt's is maybe that second. The thing that I'm curious about with this statement and, and why I think three is actually a little bit of an annoying answer is because <laughs> so Matt's is out there. Yeah. Right. Liberator is out there. Um, and then all these young guys, um, whether you want to talk about Jerpy or McGreevy or Graceffo or Hentz or whatever, there are those guys. So Miles is a lock. You would think Steven Matz, especially with he, how he's performed. I mean, the guy's got a 3.86 ERA over 105 innings at this point, a 112 ERA plus, according to baseball reference. He's turned it around. Now, yeah. do you bet on this? I don't know. And and maybe Mosaic has learned his lesson of, of trying to bet on best case scenarios. Um, so let's say you go sign a free agent, right? You break up some of your player depth, um, your uh, infield and outfield player depth, and you go get a Logan Gilbert or, or something along the lines. And then you ha- bring in another guy, how- however that may be. But let's say I almost guarantee you one's going to be trade, one's going to be free agent. What is that? Does that mean that all those other names that we're talking about that are knocking on the big league door? Is, are these to be depth options? Are the, is there to be a competition? Is there to be a rotating thing? Are we going to be, be managing innings? It's really confusing because there are like, unless, well, let me finish my thought. It's very confusing to me because three is a, is a, a number that does not align with the way that they've been evaluating their pitching in the past. Right. So are they taking a step back on how they are viewing Tinkens and all those other guys I just mentioned? Or does he just want to make sure that there is actually an up depth this year. Um, and then I think also like I'll, I'll stop talking, but I think also uh, what you said about like, okay, what quality are these guys going to be like? If, or yeah. if you bring in a bunch of rich Hill types, um, you know, those are major league pitchers. A- yeah. It's going to be awesome when it's like rich Hill, sunny gray. And I, I don't know if the bulb, the list, but another hey, like, Hey, I'll take know. sunny gray. I know, but you know, he'll be 34 next year, I think. And, and yeah. so, um, yeah, well, so I personally think that right now, the only person that is for sure slotted into the rotation is miles Michaelis. And yeah. you and I are both big Matt's fans and we actually started to see why over the last month. Um, but with the injury and the ineffectiveness of his last year and a half, um, I don't think you pencil him in as a starter next year. We need to see how he comes back. And if he comes back healthy and what his spring looks like. So I think what I'm hoping when he said three is they mean Miles Michaelis and three legitimate MLB starters who then that fifth spot is a competition for all of these guys. And then you assume that because it's pitching one to four of the guys that you have penciled in in your rotation are going to miss time. And then we get our Graceffos who had a great start. Uh, tonight, by the way, uh, he's had an up and down season, but it looked like the vo- velocity was back. looks like he might be returning to form. But anyway, like basically go in with four that you are penciling in as everyday starters, hopefully high end, but we'll see. And then you have that fifth spot for everybody else. Yeah. And just assume you'll get starts from a lot of guys. And like, I'm, I'm hoping that this is, is a bit of learning the lesson and that, you can't just go in with a whole bunch of four, you know, number twos, number threes, and number fours, and hope that they're all going to work. 
Um, but we'll see. It, it really, it, it's a compelling argument. They said, we're going, he said, we're going to be aggressive in the pitching market. That, and that word I'm already like pre-triggered by hearing that though. Like, well, yeah. How many, what times? does that mean to him? Yeah. To him, like, you know, it, it like, well, they've literally almost never participated in the pitching market. So, uh, outside of relief pitchers, which almost never has worked for them. So aggressive could just mean like actually talking to people about acquiring starting pitching. Like, right. We, we called four or five agents. That's aggressive, you know, but, um, but I, I mean, I think th- they are, they are stating very clearly and have this whole season that the intention is to compete in 2024. If they weren't intending to compete in 2024, then they would have traded Paul Goldschmidt, who we know they got offers for. So they intended to compete in 2024, and they currently have one starting pitcher like locked in for next year. So if they truly intend to compete, then these are the things that he needs to be saying and the things that he needs to be doing. So I'm hopeful that, yeah, it's a trade for a high-end guy. I am really intrigued by Yamamoto the Japanese starter who uh, the Cardinals apparently have some connections to beyond just uh, Lars Newbar and his, you know, participation with the uh, world baseball classic. If you're unfamiliar, this dude is 25 years old and is just crushing it. He's, he's basically been the best pitcher in the Japanese league for two years straight. And he's, and this year looks like it'll be three years straight. He's incredible. You, if you watch the WBC, you saw him. Um, but he's not going to be cheap. Kodai Singa, who is with the Mets, he's 30 years old and got 575. Right. This guy's going to be like 25 or 26. So it's going to be, you know, six All he costs you is money. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think, like, there. I think he's a perfect guy for the Cardinals to go after because he has that upside and he's not going to cost you what an MLB experienced pitcher of his talent level. Like Nola is probably going to end up getting more than this guy and probably rightfully so. Right. But Yamamoto has this ceiling that I don't think anyone else on the market really has. Uh, So that's who I think if I'm the Cardinals, I'm, I'm opening up the, the dual wallet. That's my biggest target that I'm trading for someone. And then, yeah, maybe a sunny gray, you know, I, I, I doubt they get three of that level, but, uh, like that, that'd go a long way to making the yeah. Cardinals 2024 competitive again. Yeah. I, I mean, I think making may, you know, targeting somebody like Yamamoto who you, you, like you said, you're, you're maybe getting 90 cents on the dollar, or 80 cents on the dollar of what you get for a big league. And then there's a, the, the way that the free agent market is lining up next year it, for the Cardinals specifically is very good because there is a lot of pitching. However, not a lot of high end pitching. So I do think you're right. Like Nola's going to, he'll, he'll make a bunch of cash. Uh, I think Montgomery will make a bunch of cash. Uh, but Eduardo Rodriguez will likely um, uh, be a free agent. Luis yeah. Severino, uh, Blake Snell. Um, Snell is Marcus a compelling Sh- one. Snell right? has it, uh, has that upside and that K per nine that the Cardinals are looking for. So right, um, uh, the Cardinals yeah, could take a lot of swing at uh, uh, Marcus Stroman. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton, um, and I think you know if you're talking about the free agent market and the trade market, it shouldn't be that difficult. It's it, the writing's on the wall. Um, yeah, you know but, who my uh, my my pet favorite is after Yamato that I I I know will not happen, but the one that I want the most after Yamamoto is. 
Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. How awesome would that be? <laughs> yeah. It's exact. It's what I wanted the Cardinals to do last offseason. Yeah. Of course, the Dodgers the Dodgers are going to resign him. There's no way he he ends his career with anyone else than the Dodgers, and he's on his way to his essentially inner circle Hall of Fame career as well. He's going to retire a Dodger, but how awesome would it be if he oh, served yeah. a couple of years as a Cardinal? You know, yeah, that'd be a blast. I'll say if I if I had to pick one player um, that we haven't talked about, um, I, you know, I'd throw like four or five years at Giolito. He's twenty nine. Yeah. Um, I think his our ballpark would play well for him. Big outfield, uh, hopefully a better defense next year. Um, and I, I, you know, I think not not that he's going to be a bargain by any mean means, but this is a guy you can sign. He'll eat up innings. I don't know. I think I think that would be a yeah. great fit. If if Giolito is the best pitcher that they get next year, we're going to have a bad season again. Yeah. But if he is that second or third best pitcher that we get next year, um, then yeah, hell yeah. And I think you will get him for a good deal. Um, he's been pretty volatile for a while now, but he will throw you a lot of innings and then he'll have these stretches where it's like, holy shit, he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. And I it, yeah, there's something to be said for leaving the White Sox too. Although he's been getting <laughs> he's been getting crushed for the Angels, but well, that's also not a great organization <laughs> to go to. You know? exactly. And I would normally have said come to the Cardinals, where we're a great organization. But uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know. Um, I I think it's to me based on the way that Mo and Co have performed in the past. I think the ace is going to come from a trade. The high end guy is going to come up from a trade uh, that's got control. He's young. Um, and then the other, the, the two other people are likely to be free agents if, uh, uh, and they will be, yeah. uh, uh, three and fours would be my prediction. Yeah. Everyone has been looking at the, the Mariners and I get it. I I'm still skeptical that they will trade anyone because just, I don't know, like the Mariners, it's not like they're there yet, but, but maybe, you know, but they should be. They, yeah, they, they should, should divert, they should, they're in the same spot. The Cardinals are in, they have too much of one thing. And they're just sitting on it while their team is not going to likely make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, it, it's very silly. They, yeah. they, yeah. They, yeah. Anyways, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. So we'll see. Oh, I mean, sorry, this, is, calm down. <laughs> this is going to be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Mazalek means in his own interpretation of what aggressive means, because kind of what we thought we were going to hear or kind of what he was saying going into the trade deadline. And I mean, he kind of was, he, you know, was incredibly, incredibly, um, you know, one of the biggest trade deadlines that we've had, but it also was never like, there was nothing shocking about it. No. You know? So, uh, yeah, no. Um, and, and like, I think the signing of Wilson Contreras makes the whole, uh, Arenado Goldie window even more like you have, you got two or three years where you really need to push in your resources while you have two Hall of Famers and a catcher that you just spent a bunch of money on. You need to make this worth it. Yeah, which is why, again, I think, you know, everything I, I think they know that now. Are they willing to do the um, like all in shove all the chips like I no, I don't think so. We've seen it over and over and over. Uh, Mazalek is not an AJ Preller and for what it's worth, he is routinely justified because look at all the teams 
that arguably went all in this year. Most of them are missing the playoffs. <laughs> so the Padres uh, do not make sense to me. The Padres and the Mets are the ones that stick out to me. You know, the, the teams that are constantly doing well are the teams that develop and then augment with the right stars. The Dodgers, right. the Astros, uh, the Rays, although they almost never augment, they just have this perfect churn. Um, the the Giants, you perfect know, they're churn. Gonna, perfect churn. The Giants <laughs> are in the wild card spot right now. I know they're doing that... it again. There's nobody on that team that you would say is good, <laughs> and they're I... and they're. I, I don't. Yeah. I it's thought so they had such a bad off season, especially when they missed out on Machado and judge. Yeah. But nobody cares. Show up, have good pitching. Wilmer Flores is still playing well for them somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Stupid, yeah. sexy giants. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got more stuff to talk about, but uh, before we do, we want to remind everybody that this show is brought to you by, your listeners are our, our listeners, not your listeners, our listeners. This show is supported by listeners just like you. Via, <laughs> there we go. Via Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you enjoy the show and want to support its creation, the time and effort that we put into it, we would really, really appreciate it. If you would check out patreon.com slash talking about birds, we've got a bunch of different tiers, including the aforementioned build a wit tier. Uh, so if you're a lonely billionaire out there, Hey, you know, We'll we'll cancel the podcast if you pay us enough money. It's got to be worth it to one person. Come on uh, now. But for the rest of us normies out there, uh, any subscriber at any level gets access to our private Discord. We call it the Bird Score. Tweet, tweet, tweet baby. Tweet. Uh, we're having a great time in there. It's a great place to get away from X <laughs> or whatever social media you're on. You just want to talk to... I'll say it again. Some rude dudes with attitude come into wow. the bird scored. We're having a great time there talking about birds. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. And if you uh, want another way to support us, consider leaving us a, a review on your favorite podcast platform. That also helps. Hambone, where can people find us online? Otherwise, I'm just going to keep saying Twitter. Follow us on Twitter yeah, at talk about birds on Instagram. You can find us at talking about birds. Uh, we're on TikTok. Check us out on TikTok. Uh, if you prefer to listen to podcasts on Spotify, we're there. Um, if you want to email us any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, um, threats, uh, send them to talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, and you can find all of that information by just typing in talkingaboutbirds.com into your preferred browser, talkingaboutbirds.com. Dot com and we do follow up on all threats with uh equal and overreacting force yeah. um it's fun. and uh hey and you know i i almost never uh bring this up but if you are if you're into video games and you like uh short video games games that respect your time i'm on another podcast it's called the short game uh check it out so let's talk about the recent roster moves um, if you're a fan of the Cardinals winning games, <laughs> these roster moves are not, uh, your favorite thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's one in particular that really spells out to me, uh, what the Cardinals are hoping to do, uh, in the last half of the year. I'm yeah. going to skip a little bit ahead on your, uh, on your outline here, Ben, but, um, with Steven Matz going on the 15 day IL, uh, they have selected the contract of right-handed pitcher Casey Lawrence, who 
Who? Yeah, from no, the no I mean, like, like who? 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 Yeah. Uh, amongst all of the uh, prospects and all of the potential next year contributors, the Cardinals selected Casey Lawrence, who yeah. made his deb- debut and actually did a pretty good job for the Cardinals tonight. But uh, I think this is a pretty indicative of how the Cardinals intend to, uh, you know, patch holes over the next month and a half outside of maybe Mason win um, or a spot start at the very end of the season from some of these guys. Uh, the Cardinals are clearly saying like, we're not burning service time. We're not uh, really attempting to field a truly competitive team. No offense to Casey Lawrence, probably a nice guy. Um, <laughs> but you know, well, I don't even know. He might be a douchebag. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so he's a guy. Uh, he, he does he's not a ha- lifer. He's a minor league lifer. Yeah. And, uh, and again, he actually did pretty well in the game tonight. So no disrespect. He's a major league baseball player, but, uh, you know, this is the, what we're seeing right now. Uh, a lot of, a lot of guys on the depth chart bypassed to get Casey Lawrence up into the major league to fill some innings. And, um, you know, I'm sure Mazay like is saying, Hey, he might blow a game or two. And then you go, okay, that's fine. You know? Yep. Um, or like in today's game, he's going to come in where they're down by multiple innings and he's just got or runs and he's just going to eat innings and get them to the end of the game. Yeah. And I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but the Cardinals have zero motivation to win any games right now. They are rarely in this position. I don't blame them. I do. I think it's no, how I would do it. I don't know. Probably. I, do probably, I like it? No, yeah, no, it's I, terrible. It, it is this, what it is. It is what it is. They, there is no the the other than fan enjoyment, but if you believe the long run that the fans will trade wins this year for more wins in future years, which I do think most Cardinal fans in time will be able to logically understand, like this is the right move, you know. So just thought it was interesting. It was like, oh, yeah. a pitcher's called up, Casey Lawrence, yeah. Ooh. You know, so he is definitely a guy. Uh, the Cardinals actually acquired him uh, around the trading deadline just for this. The, the, like they knew yeah. this was telegraphed. Um, yeah, yeah, there were there were a number of moves like this where you could just tell the Cardinals were acquiring arms to fill in for all the people that were about to be traded. So uh, the bigger story from this is Steven Matz on the IL. We kind of already touched on this. It sucks. Everything yeah. was really clicking for him. And, uh, you know, we'll see when he comes back. But, like, we're by the time his IL stint even ends, earliest will be almost September. So, yeah. you know, hopefully it, it, it doesn't. I mean, and honestly, yeah. like, it's a latch strain, not good. Um, yeah. Depending on how he, he feels, probably some point next week might just be done. Yeah. I, I, there's, there's probably a little, you know, one part of the organization that wants him to end on a, on a better note. Um, but the other side could say, Hey, Steven, you found something here. Let's not push anything. Let's get healthy for 24 and let's carry that over. And I would not be surprised if we saw the last, last of mats in 2023, which is yeah. honestly, again, fine. Yeah. Uh, another disappointing one, Dylan Carlson, uh, on the IL, 
Yeah, this has been Man. brewing for a little while, but this year for Dylan has just been the worst. And last year, it's two years yeah. in a row now of just frequent injuries. And you know, I've never thought of him as like injury prone, even though he's been on the IL a lot. Like, but he's starting to get that tag for sure, and it's killing yeah. his value not only as a like a St. Louis Cardinal, but also when we talk about the the assumed trade of multiple outfielders or or something like that like this isn't helping it so it's a bummer the the flip side of it though is uh someone having one of the best minor league seasons of all time for the st louis (laughs) cardinals luke and baker is back with the big league club and and is getting some play um yeah i mean i'd like to see him pretty much start here throughout let's see what he's got possibly market him to other teams. I mean, clearly he can hit. Clearly he has found something this year. Dude's rocking a 177 WRC plus in AAA. He figured that league out. I, I think it only makes sense to yeah. get it right up here and and see what happens. And they should be actively finding him at bats. Yeah, agree. And he looks a little lost at the major league level. I get a little bit worried about, uh, you know, the the quad A thing. He's an older guy. For 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 triple A, you know, he's 26 years old. He's obviously young for for the broader MLB, but you know, those numbers that he's putting up in triple A get a little worried that he's just a big dude who mashes these like 20-year-olds that are throwing to him. Um, but he's deser- he's earned his spot at the major league level and and the Cardinals need to see what they've got from him. So and, I'm uh I mean I'm hopeful. Any, anyone with 70 grade power who's hitting that well. Uh, yeah, yeah, they deserve a runway. So let's, let's see. Yeah, totally. And, uh, speaking of deserving a runway, uh, Zach Thompson is back up and is filling one of the multiple, multiple holes in the starting rotation. Uh, what have you been seeing from Zach Thompson so far? I, I honestly am shocked at how good he looks, you know? Yeah. I think we gave that we've been giving the Cardinals trouble all season for yo-yoing Zach Thompson and, and saying he needs to be a close or a relief guy. He needs to be a starter screwing him up both ways. And then the fact that he has kind of been yo-yoed and really unproductive in AAA and the big league level, and then came up and have had two great starts four innings. Both of them only gave up one run in each. Uh, the fastballs looked great. The cur- I mean, the curveball's money. That's that's his pitch, his signature. Um, but yeah, it's it kind of is mind blowing. Um, obviously, he's super talented. Um, you know, maybe he's trying to prove himself, or maybe he found something. I don't know, but it's pretty pretty great. Like Zach Thompson is a uh, you know, if you're, you're talking about that mixture of young guys taking up the fifth spot or being a depth piece like he's kind of a like a dark horse in there with somebody or as far as somebody who's got like serious stuff he's a little bit uh, like post hype at this point um yeah where does he fit in but this is yeah. pretty pretty cool yeah well it wasn't that long ago that a lot of people ourselves included were very hyped about zach thompson the starting pitcher I believe he touched the top 100 prospects a couple times. Like he's had some pedigree behind him. Um, now I think I, w- even if he crushes for the next month and a half, I still don't think the Cardinals should pencil him in, in the rotation in 2024. They need to, they should pencil him in as competing for a spot for that fifth spot, hopefully as we've already discussed, but it's good to see like, 
you know, we've said that we expect one person, one rookie or one young guy over the next month and a half to really establish themselves as, as like a top competitor for the rotation next year. Uh, Zach Thompson might be it. Now, Liberator had that incredible start against the Rays, <sighs> yeah. which like, oh my God, like it felt like everything was coming together. I felt so good. Struggled a little <laughs> bit today against the athletics, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but we saw it. We we finally saw it was obviously Liberator's best start in the majors by a mile. Um, you know, everything was working. We saw what what it could look like at the major league level uh, on uh, as like peak Liberator. So I still think it's probably him, but also he got beat up by the athletics. And yeah, so feels like it's going to, it's going to be one of Thompson or Liberator really leave this year as like, hopefully the top competition against Steven Matz for the fifth spot. Right. That's, that's my hope. Um, we'll see. Uh, let's see. Were there any other roster moves? Uh, Jake Woodford um, ah, has began yes. a rehab assignment who is somebody who uh, very likely will also be eating innings as the year winds down, but nothing, nothing too exciting there, but it's good to have Jake healthy. Yeah. What a, what a, what a year for him started as the fifth starter. Remember yeah. that feels like oh, a yeah. decade, like a decade ago when he earned that fifth spot. Um, Not only did he earn that spot, um, but we were excited about it. I thought that yeah. like, uh, good things could happen from old Jakey. He had such a good man. The Cardinals had the best record in spring training. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, you know, you, 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 it just goes to show you that the, that means nothing. Right. Um, and I thought I knew that, but I thought because the Cardinals had such a large contingent at the WBC and they were still performing well, and the Cardinals players were performing decently, if not great, in the WBC. I was like, oh, man, once this gets together, this team is going to roll through the Central. And, hmm. um, you know, looking back five months into the past and now... How young uh, we were. Oh, my. Oh. It is just mind-blowing how how this can happen. But, you know, it we doesn't but, matter now. We were but children in March. Yeah. Now... Yeah. We're we're grizzled, little, little doll faced holiday. We're, no, now we're haunted dolls. Uh, going into <laughs> oh. uh, we were Margot Robbie, baby. We were looking good. This metaphor is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> we were Barbie, and now we're haunted Jackson Holiday. <laughs> okay, it's, there's a clear line there. Yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Yikes. All right, let's talk about the upcoming series. We've got four games at home against the Mets. M-E-T-S. Mets. 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 Well, I mean, you know, at least we can laugh at the Mets. You know? Yes. That that does feel good. At least at least we have that. Um, although, you know, we're still kind of laughing up at them. They, you know, but still, the Mets went out. As of today, they the records are tied. Okay, well, but now we want to lose to them because we want a better traffic than them. But, you know, it's still Steve Cohen should be in prison. And uh, it's always fun when the Mets suck. So we have that going for us. We kind of already talked about them. They do have some 
you know, they like the Cardinals. They've got some guys that should be mashes. Lindor has been good forever. Pete Alonso is actually having a pretty rough year, but he's still hitting the ball hard. Um, and then they've got, you know, bits and pieces around that, that will, uh, Francisco Alvarez, their catcher, right? Looks like he might be, uh, you know, one of the best catchers of the future, but there's a reason why they've been bad. And they also traded a bunch of their, their best players. So, yeah, I mean, they it's, don't a, look it's like a, the same team anymore. Yeah. It's a tale of two sellers, you know, this in this four game series, but it's at Bush. So it should be some good games, you know? Each individual game can still be fun to watch. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we might see Kodai Singa. Uh, obviously, Scherzer and Verlander are gone. Uh, McGill and Peterson are both somewhat decent starters. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Mets kind of stink. Um, their offense is the only real good part. Like, I really do think that Jeff McNeil is a good hitter. Brandon Nimmo is a good hitter. Um, and obviously, like, Pete's decent. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's a very, very flawed team. Um, they were kind of, in a in a way, it, like even though they spent so much money, and the way that they got there was very different. The Cardinals and Mets do have a lot of similarities, just like a underperforming slash injured yeah. injured pitching rotation, um, and an offense that wasn't all clicking at the same time. Not to mention losing their you know lights out top two best closer in baseball for a significant amount of time. Um, of course, the Mets had David Robertson, who ended up having a great year as well um, when Diaz went down. But uh, with, you know, Edwin Diaz and, and Ryan Helsley, yeah. obviously not as dramatic, um, sim- similar. I, I, I do wonder, like, I'm just here sitting here pontificating on why the Cardinals found themselves here. But if Helsley had the same year that he had last year, how different would the Cardinals be? Uh, season have been would that have been well, enough to turn it around no i don't think so but that uh all these late blow-ups though so the cardinals have the most blown saves in baseball this year and a save you know it, it can be confusing because saves are only awarded in the ninth or it, you know th- there's some other rules that can can allow you to get one in the eighth or even the seventh but generally speaking when you think of a save you think of the ninth inning so uh, but you can blow a save in the in the seventh or or eighth. Sure. And so the, the Cardinals have um, the most blown saves in the MLB this year, and but it, so if you have Helsley Elite, you maybe don't have a third of those, but you're still you know no, in the no I, I think. I think you're underselling it because you have Helsley who's carrying the bulk of the load and being dominant, sure. which makes Giovanni Gallego's life a lot easier, makes Jordan Hicks life a lot easier. And then maybe, you know, you get this standout performance from Jojo Romero. Maybe Genesis Cabrera right. figures it out because there's less pressure on him. Like, I'm not saying it's all Helsley's yeah. fault, but I do think having a guy that throws 104 the back sure. of the bullpen. Yeah deployed by Ali Marmol being smart changes the season quite a bit. And I, I yeah. think the same thing is true for the Mets. I think um, the Mets would their, their season probably would have been a lot different if Edwin Diaz had been there. Yeah. I, I it's, it's a fair point. Losing an elite reliever means way more than just the 60 or so innings that they're going to pitch. Right. It, it slots everybody up and makes lesser pitchers have to pitch in higher lever- leverage. Situation. So I don't know. I mean, the Cardinals have a 
like historically bad uh, record for or for the Cardinals, at least in one run games, which are games that are often determined by the bullpen. So I think the problems are deeper than that, but they're definitely, you know, they're they're fighting for third place. I think if we have Helsley and not uh, yeah. like worst record in baseball. So, right. Um, but we'll never know. Uh, after the Mets, uh, we have three games in Pittsburgh. I don't know what else there is to say about the Pirates. We actually kind of talked them about them already. You know, this is one of the teams we're we're the most familiar with. Uh, you know, they're they're not good. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I want the. I, I guess what I want is the Cardinals to beat the Pirates, but it basically end with like the Pirates and the Cardinals having the two worst records in in the NL. Yeah. But the Cardinals have one more win than the Pirates. You know, I guess that's what I that's what I truly want. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to add. There's not much to say yeah. about the Pirates. But yeah, that'd be it'd be well, fun to beat them. Central rivals. Let's do that. You know what I love though? Love that yellow bridge. You know love what I mean? Love that yellow bridge. Have we talked about the Pirates City Connect jerseys? No. They they have that yellow looks like a yellow spray painted helmet it looks like a construction helmet i think it is terrible <laughs> also across their chest is just their airport code um which i also think is dumb so i don't i don't get it oh uh, yeah but it's such a missed we'll opportunity the the city connect is such a disparity between the good ones and the bad ones it feels like there's like no middle ground they're either awesome or dumb and bad or or like boring you know yeah I, I'm I'm so hopeful that the Cardinals is are are, are they don't screw it up. See. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into some league news. Uh yep. <laughs> been a, a handful of interesting developments over the last week. Uh yeah. what do you what do you I'll, want to talk about first? I'll I'll buzz through. I already commented on this one, so I'll buzz through this. We don't need to talk about it. Uh but Wanda Franco Wander Franco, uh superstar shortstop four. The Rays has been placed on MLB's restricted list and the investigation into his potential relationship with a minor uh, or minors, as has come out, uh, will begin in earnest. Uh, The MLB, I just said the MLB, MLB is working with (laughs) officials in the Dominican Republic. Um, Terrible story. Uh, Yeah, what's it's bad for so many reasons. And yeah. I don't think I need, I need to sit here and talk about all those reasons just to put a little bit of a baseball flair on it is how um, crazy <laughs> damaging this is going to be to the Tampa Bay Rays um, just as a baseball team. I don't want to talk about like, obviously everything about this is just icky, um, yeah. but I can't really think of anything. This is like totally unprecedented, a superstar player with a long guaranteed uh, contract playing at a high level at such a young age. And it, I hope this is, he, I hope it's not even true, but it looks like his contract might get voided. If it is, there's just so yeah. much smoke right now. We'll see if there's fire, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Hope we really hope that the allegations turn out to be uh, not true, but it deserves a full investigation and, and whatever is yeah. learned will, we'll find out. Um, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's horrible. Uh, I hope that it is not real. Um, but if it is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it sucks. And yeah, it's, it's, I don't even know how to like talk about something like this. It's so just, it's so gross and, and, and bad. 
So if it's real, you know, the, he's, he's, he, he'll, he could be in prison, you know, it's yeah. like, it's an insane, it's an insane story. So we'll see. It is. Let's talk about something less horrifying. Uh, the Phillies traded for starting pitcher, Mike Lorenzen, who has kind of been such a not, journeyman's not the right word, but he's just never really fully clicked in at either hitting or pitching, starting or uh, relieving, whatever. doesn't matter anymore. He goes to the Phillies, Mikey from Philly, and he throws a no hitter, yeah. albeit against the Nationals. Yeah. Um, but if I would have like, who is the least likely guy? This guy is never efficient. He never makes it deep in games. Uh, but anyways, great to see. Um, I, I kind of like the Phillies. I like Bryce Harper. I like Trey Turner. Um, I like Kyle Schwarber. You know, they're they're kind of a likable team, even though they're in Philly. Um, and, and kind of a great story. Yeah. Also, did you know that he did this while wearing Vans cleats, which I didn't even know were a thing <laughs> until this no hitter happened? Yeah, I didn't know that either. And and yeah, I I have the same feeling about the the Phillies. Like as a Cardinal fan, I am just like I I am ingrained to despise the Phillies, um, but the the players I I really like. I really you know Harper's one of my yeah. favorite players, as you said, and and yeah. I like Trey Turner. Schwar bombs are fun, even though I have like his performance with the, <laughs> the Cubs, and the one on top of the scoreboard is like a you know a, a dark memory for me. I still you know. He's he's a fun sure. player to watch. So anyway, yeah, I mean, good for him. Yeah. You know, you, you can't ask for a better fucking like, hey, I'm on your team now, you know, so uh, let's go. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of big uh, pitcher injuries uh, in the news. Marcus Stroman has been diagnosed with a rib cartilage fracture. No timetable for his return at this point. <sighs> Um, Car- obviously, cartilage you know, fracture. I know. I don't even know what Cart- cartilage, cartilage is. Get, well, I, I mean, I can assume. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume it's cartilage that probably is near your ribs. Shut so, the hell up! <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> having it fracture though. Yeah, I thought cartilage tears. Well, guess what? Marcus Stroman's <laughs> fractured. This is fractured. Yeah. Um. He's tough cookie, but I, I bet this means he's out for the season. And I actually yeah. think it is kind of a bummer for the Cubs. I, I before this injury, I thought the Cubs and Brewers were pretty one to one. Um, you know, with uh, uh, the performance of the pitching of the Brewers recently. Um, but I think this kind of not not that one player makes the whole team go, but I think this is a bit of a nail in the coffin for the Cubby season, unless they can it's gonna be tough. get somebody to step up. Yeah, but uh, they're two and a half. Yeah. They're two and a half back. They had a big walk off win today, but yeah, yeah it's gonna be hard. Their pitching was already kind of suspect, and then losing yeah. him, it's it's tough. Not great. Uh, Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays is set to undergo Tommy John surgery. Obviously, he will be out the remainder of the year and the majority of next year. Uh, I think we've said on this podcast he might be the best pitcher in baseball. Um, yeah, so just he was my alone, AL Cy just, Young pick. So <laughs> yeah, that's close. Yeah, hard to do that uh, when you don't have an elbow tendon. Yeah, it it sucks. Like I mean, the the Rays have had some horrible luck with pitching this year. Uh, I think that's their third 
like high-end starter this year to need Tommy John, uh, Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs, who were yeah. all core parts of their rotation, are all out for the rest of the year. And you know they keep plugging away, but it's gonna it's it's gonna stack up. And this is the biggest yeah. one of them all. Not to mention they are about to lose their or they have lost their star offensive player for uh, yeah. some amount of time. But yeah. Um, Again, we're talking about how long the year is. Remember how they started the season, uh, yeah. thir- thirteen and zero, um, and you they know banked a lot of wins. They did. Uh, we've been kind of following this story. Uh, unfortunately, it comes to an end. Daniel Murphy re-retires uh, and ends his comeback attempt, uh, yeah. which is disappointing. He was hitting two ninety five in Triple A uh, in the Angels system. He did that. Did not come with much power. Um, which is why I guess uh, it, it probably didn't come to fruition, yeah. but hit 295 over 38 games after taking a handful of years off. That alone is incredible. Um, yeah. So Hell yeah. kind of a bummer, but a uh, good try. At least he tried. Good for him. Late 30s, yeah. hitting 300 in the minors. It's still pretty cool. He still got it, just not at the yeah. major league. He's going to go <laughs> absolutely crush a beer league softball team yeah, somewhere. Right. You know what I mean? He's going to hit like yeah. 980, and the one out is going to be like a scorcher at the shortstop who made you know the play of his he life. Pulls it out of the ball out of his chest or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. In less exciting news, Rob Manfred speaks out publicly backing the Royals' bid for a new stadium. Um I'm not surprised by this. Obviously, he is a talking piece of the owners. It makes sense. He wants the owners to increase their real estate holdings and everything like that. Um, and really, the crux of this, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this too much, but really the crux of it is that KC just wants to move their stadium downtown uh, and then yeah. do like, oh, this really interesting idea with like a ballpark village and maybe there's some restaurants and maybe people are living there and blah, Sounds blah, blah, nice. blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, the only reason I really wanted to bring this up is because, of course, Missourians should not be funding this billionaire and his extravagant uh, project that he wants to do to make himself uh, uh, more money. But also, why do we need the, the Royals ballpark is fine. They just put hundreds of millions of dollars into it. It has a massive parking space. You can tailgate there. It is connected uh, essentially to the football stadium. They have the sports complex. And yeah. we don't always need a new stadium. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's a great stadium. Um, and and the, I really, I just don't want to see Missouri taxpayers pay for this guy to have a new stadium when they it's completely unneeded. 100%. Um, I, I think that, like, generally speaking, the voting block has gotten a lot smarter about this. And we've seen proposals for high yeah. taxpayer funding. Um, uh, you know, uh, handouts to these billionaires have, have been reducing over the, over the years. And, and, you know, as a Missourian, I'd be very surprised if Missouri passes a thing to, to fund um, another ballpark for, for Casey. Um, so I hope not. Um, if the yeah. billionaire wants to spend his own money to build it, like I like the downtown ballpark experience. I think that's cool, but I agree with you totally. Kaufman stadium is, totally fine and there's also a lot of benefits to the like right outside of the city stadium especially if you've got it tied with other sports if it's like a complex like they have like right there there's that makes a lot of sense too what what does that drive 15 20 minutes 
Yeah, it's. I mean, like, uh, you know, I I can't speak for it. it's. It's right off of seventy. You see it right. when you drive to KC. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm sure he'll get his way because that's how it goes. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, the final thing on my little news reel here is uh, a Babe Ruth game used home run bat. This yeah, uh, it was authenticated that Babe Ruth had hit a home run in an exhibition wow. game. It wasn't a real game, but he did hit a home run with this bat. It sold for $1.3 million this week. Uh, and that is, if you're wondering, a record uh, yeah. that anyone has ever paid for a bat, period. All right. That guy, go and help this billionaire buy his new <laughs> whoever bought Whoever bought that right. bat can go pitch yeah. in on the new stadium. Because yeah. yeah, and that weirdly that guy has a... not uh released his name, shockingly. Yeah, because it's extreme bullshit to spend uh, yeah. <laughs> 1.3 million dollars on a fucking exhibition bat from the 20s. Like <laughs> I'm a big fan of baseball history, and like I get it, you know, and and like well, I don't I'm not a collector, yeah. so I have a hard time right. connecting with these sorts of things, but like I kind of get it to some degree if you are a collector that's a cool item it is but 1.3 million dollars for a piece of wood that like a yeah. fat dude from the 30s you know held like yeah ah, that, yeah like uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man there's so much better things we could do with 1.3 million dollars nah. nah get a bat Get a bat. Get a piece of wood to hang on your wall. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all I got for league news. Babe Ruth. <laughs> it's not even that cool. Like, if it was, like, a Babe Ruth home run bat from, like, a playoff game or that, like, won the... Well, won you, the you, didn't read, you didn't read the article. Those basically don't exist. You can't find them. That's why this one, even though it wasn't really used for anything of note, was so expensive is because they just don't exist. Yeah, and that's... Okay, so then they just don't exist. And maybe this stupid exhibition bat shouldn't be worth one. I don't know. I don't know why you're more mad about this than you are about the Rob Manfred thing, but it's very funny to me. Well, I'm mad about that, too. It's just like this is a a good example of it where it just is too much money in in people's hands. So, all right. (laughs) Certain people's hands. Yeah. Not my hands. Put that money right. in my hands. That's what he. That's, that's what he yeah. means, people. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give the bat to the people. There we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I love it, it when you you just nail a landing like that. <laughs> give the bat to the people. Let's end this episode on a little game. We're going back to one of our favorites, Ben. You've done well at it recently, though. There's been some ups and downs. Oh, that's wow. right. We're doing another round. Of who is this guy? Who is this guy? All right. Uh, Skip Schumacher. <laughs> I already did that one. Damn it. Uh, so if this is your first time hearing this game, I have a set of, key, a set of clues about a player who has played at some point at the major league level for the St. Louis Cardinals. These clues start incredibly vague and get more and more specific. Ben gets a guess after every clue. He bum, also bum, has bum. to guess. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and start. This player was born on July 13th, 1978 in Satellite Beach, Florida. 
Satellite Beach, Florida. All right. Um, I'm not sure if the. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll just say Miles Michaelis. I know he's from Florida. Nope. All, All right. right. This player at the major league level has played for St. Louis, Texas, Cleveland, San Diego, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. That's a lot of teams. Could you do that one more time? St. Louis, Texas, Cleveland, San Diego, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. That was in no particular order. Nor no particular Texas, Cleveland. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, oh crap! I'm forgetting his name. Jake. Uh, not Jake, <laughs> Jake Woodford. Woodford. Oh, he's a pitcher that the Cardinals traded for. He used to be with from the Guardian or the Indians. Um, mm. Jake. Oh crap! I know I who you're talking of. about. Yeah. Um, Do you want me? Yeah, you want uh it help, well it sounds like I'm wrong. So yeah, if you want to help me with Were you thinking of Jake Westbrook? Westbrook, there we go. Thank you. It is not Jake Westbrook. Okay. It's a good guess though. Damn. Um all right. Third clue. In two thousand eight, he was second on the Cardinals in baseball reference war behind only Albert Pools. Oh. Um two thousand eight? Oh man, this is tough. Um, Ryan Ludwig. I don't know. That's actually it. You got oh, it. It's wow. Ryan. Holy it's crap. Ryan. Lu- it's oh Ryan Ludwig. Yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah, that was so, a shot from the hip. That was. I could tell the way you said it. And it was like, well, it's anticlimactic. You got it, and you didn't think you did. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and you might have gotten it on this next one because it's funny that you. Mentioned Jake Westbrook. So the next clue was on July 31st, 2010, he was traded as part of a three-team trade by the Cardinals. Uh, the, the Padres sent Corey Kluber to the Cleveland Indians. Oh, wow. San Diego Padres sent Nick Greenwood to St. Louis Cardinals, and the Cleveland Indians sent Jake Westbrook to the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow. So Westbrook was involved. What was, was the... He was the big return, really, from yeah. the from the Ludwig trade. Now, it would have been interesting if we got Corey Kluber instead of Jake Westbrook. Yeah, but, right. Uh, no kidding. You know, uh, it's always interesting those three team trades. Yeah. Um, and then the final uh, clue was when he was really crushing. His nickname was a clumsy portmanteau of his name and Thud. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got it there for sure. Yeah, I like that. Right. I'm pretty sure you would have gotten Thudwick. Yikes. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I got there. I'll uh, got I'll it. take that as a W. Yep. So, all right, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. As always, we appreciate you your time, and we hope that you will share it with your friends. Word of mouth is always the best way for podcasts to, to grow. Um, consider the Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. It may be a rough season, but we can still have some fun together enjoying the season and uh, going into September and October baseball, even though the Cardinals won't be a part of the October side. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So thank you again. We'll be back next week as always. And until then, go Cardinals. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.